Welcome to Toy Talk, a production of the American Specialty Toy Retailing Association. I'm Erin Hoffman. And I'm Cora McCarran, and we're the education team delivering content to you. Thanks for joining us today as we discuss the latest trends and updates in our industry. Hi, everybody. What does history say about the toy industry in times like these? Well, Rick Durr of Learning Express in Lake Zurich, Illinois, put back his Nielsen research hat from 25 years ago to look at two periods of time in which major industry disruptions have taken place. Today, we are joined by Rick to talk about his observations and experiences as a fellow independent toy store owner and small business owner, and a little on what we can expect once the chaos calms down a bit. The hope is to share some information for small businesses across the U.S. Rick, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, good to talk with you, Cora. So some of our listeners may have seen your article posted on LinkedIn and other media sites titled, What Should Independent Toy Stores Expect? This article covered 9-11 and the global financial crisis of 2007-2008. As of St. Patrick's Day, Richard Durr was trending on the top of hashtag topic of hashtag toys on LinkedIn. So let's fill in our listeners on your message. Um, What influenced you to share this message and why did you want to put out your thoughts um, onto the web? Yeah, a couple things, Cora. First of all, I needed to look at my own business and put into place plans and, and expectations so that we as a small business can, can operate in these uh, difficult times. And also, I think, like most businesses, you don't expect things of this magnitude. And so, yes, you need emergency procedures and all that, but this was totally out of the blue uh, coming from, you know, November, December of last year, and then uh, we go to Toy Fair, right? And that still seems relative normal, and then uh, bingo, Feb- late February and March. So I thought, hey... I've been through some situations like this. I remember where I was the day I was at 9-11, and I remember the financial crash, traveling and being scared to death a little bit, uh, 2007 and 8, as my kids' uh, college funds were dropping. And then I also thought back that uh, I, I frankly have some good experience working with A.C. Nielsen in New York City, and one of the accounts that I was on was the global... Uh, Tylenol uh, crises of poisoning in capsules that led to, you know, the sealed uh, over-the-counter drugs uh, in the late, uh, middle to late 1980s. So there was a lot of uncertainty and, and activities that went on, but the key was what information do you have, what uh, mental outlook do you have, and then what can you do within your business to... Uh, to stay afloat and also look for opportunities. And that's what we want to do today. Absolutely. Um, well, you kind of touched on it, but, um, you know, you said it yourself. You experienced uh, the times that the industry was disrupted. So can you give us a quick snapshot of 9-11 and the global financial, financial crisis as it related to your business during and post-disruption? Um, were there any common denominators for sales or the rebound? Uh, 9-11, I went back and looked at uh, all the data from 99, 2000 into 2001, 
And this, again, remembers pre-Amazon, so that is a big factor not in these analyses. But there is another proactive uh, uh, factor that is in the analysis, and that's the use of social media and how important that is in our audience of moms and grandparents and engagement in your marketplace. So let's say there's a negative and there's a positive. But what we found then was sales went down in that September of 2001 compared to the year prior, about 30%. It maintained this low trend, but, but Christmas came. We were down in single digits in December of 2001. But there was a hangover. This hangover lasted for several years because during the late 90s, early 2000s, there were fad toys. Furby, uh, coming off the Beanie Baby craze of the mid to late 90s. There was Pokemon just introduced. So there was a lot of good excitement in the toy business. So we went quite a few years, four or five uh, years, where it was just business as usual. And so sales were fairly consistent within a plus two, minus two range. And then uh, came along a product called Webkins, which I think a lot of your listeners may remember from the GANS company. It was really the first physical toy tied to a website. And uh, that took a while to take off, but it went gangbusters in 07, 08, which helped protect the toy and gift market from that crash that we all hear about the global financial crisis. So without that, I can only imagine we would have had a repeat of 2001, but we did not. The Webkin's strength, as people gravitated to toys they loved and and sort of a comfort feeling, uh, that hot toy protected us. And so now that data compared with today's gives us some groundwork to say what might happen today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. I think that with each industry disruption, um, there's something to learn, and there might be even trends that repeat. Um, but, you know, with that information, what would you say is different for this current industry disruption with COVID-19, and what do we know now, and how can that knowledge help us? Okay, the current situation, again, January and February felt pretty normal. Now, we've been on sort of an 18-month hiatus of a very hot national toy. You can debate why that is. I mean, LOL from MGA uh, uh, Enterprises has been a solid number one. Nobody has unseated that. But it's everywhere, and it hasn't uh, – it, 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 it has sort of uh, been the number one toy, but not in fad hot status. So uh, that's a long time in our industry. So we're going into this with sort of a uh, tougher market, if you will. Again, Amazon had a good, from what I have read, holiday season and continues to gain share. But again, we have during this crisis a way to engage and communicate right with our customer through social media and and other uh, uh, technology pieces that we can use. So... During the first week of March, we had forecasted down about 20 to 25%, and we saw that weakness. It actually came in around 23.2% for me. So I'm just using live data to put it in perspective. This isn't, you know, hype or smoke and mirrors. 
Um, and then we got through the week, it ended about minus 19. Uh, so it got a little better over the weekend. And then I'm going to bring you right up to date, Cora, through yesterday, and then we can talk mm-hmm. about some things that we are doing differently here. And I think a lot okay. of stores are. Uh, but remember, this crisis generally is different in different parts of the world, uh, just like toys are. It's Without a national hot phenomenon, each locale, state, area tends to sell a little different mix of products. That could be because of the fractionalization of digital media now, no national Saturday commercials, da-da-da-da, but each child and family seems to watch what they want. So there isn't that groundswell of one thing. But through the first two days of this week have been unusually uh, positive. Uh, I'm talking like double what a normal Monday, Tuesday would be. We are even a little surprised at that. And the only thing we can figure is, uh, A, we communicated right from the get-go with people. And in our state, uh, uh, schools did close starting Monday. Um, But the businesses can stay open uh, with certain requirements. We are near a grocery store, so that helps. But uh, offering different and unique services, I think, are showing people this jump start to, to maybe shop local, and that is curbside delivery. Uh, there is uh, look online, look on videos that we post, send us a message, send us an email, very personalized shopping in a way to help people get through this, and we are seeing people respond to that, and also the average ticket is sizably up as some people you know, I hate to say this, hoard some things at the grocery store, but maybe also are buying a little extra of boredom busters and toys, knowing that the kids will be, uh, you know, at home over the next couple of weeks. So these little activities, I think, gets under the heading social media, good for us, that's where our customer is, and engage with those customers, tell them what you're doing, they're engaging back with us, and that's a good thing. Definitely. Only two days, but let's see what happens, and maybe we can chat next week and see how week number two ends up. Right, and it's definitely different, like you said, from um, the first two industry disruptions because we didn't have as much of a presence in social media um, and being able to communicate with the com- you know the communities around each store. Um, as we do now, uh, which is great. So you kind of touched on it, you know, other stores are, and your store are doing curbside pickup, maybe online sales. Um, is there anything else that you're doing to be creative and continue sales right now while they're at a high? Yes, we do a video shop. Uh, people, uh, gravitate to brands they love. This is, this is the key. There's there's always an issue, and I learned this at Nielsen. People seek comfort items. Lego is a brand that people trust. Lego is in full supply. Lego is still shipping. Everybody knows Lego. I would, if I was an independent toy store, rely on brands that people trust. Lego would be at the top Hmm. of my list. I would feature that. I would uh, make sure you reorder that. Uh, I talked to them on Monday. Their supply chain is still good out of Mexico, so 
so we're in good shape there. But brands people love. You will see plush rise. Uh, that's, again, everybody says there's too much plush in the world, but it sells every day big time. This will be no exception. So brands you love, using engagement, video shopping, uh, offering the traditional delivery, in-store pickup, all of those things. But uh, I think it's the engagement. And the good news that I see out of this is long-term, there are going to be some brand ambassador of customers that will remember this, and this actually may end up helping us. That's very true. Um, and I kind of want to move into that and shift focus into um, those positive observations that you've made. So what are some other, you know, positives that we can take out of this from both your local community and that you're seeing from the Astor family? Yeah. Uh, number one is uh, I've learned a lot from just looking at and following fellow independent toy stores from California to New York to Maine to Vermont to Florida to Texas. I see some great ideas in posts. I copy those. I hope they copy what we do. Uh, that's, that's flattery. Everybody should be sharing as much as we can. But again, this is going to hit areas differently at different times. So keep your head up. You never know when the positivity of momentum will come by. You need to grab onto that. But there is a change in this that I see. You know how everybody said, Shop local, and we post, and we do mm-hmm. this at Small Business Saturday, all that. It just felt like mm-hmm. people like like some other categories. They say they want climate change, all that, but are they really doing it? Do they want to pay for it? And and this time feels a little different. That maybe this is the jump start that Shop Local really needs because there is so well. It's all of us, not just our industry. Now it's everybody. Shop local to help. And yes, will Amazon succeed? Yeah, they're hiring another 100,000. They they will. They'll have their lane. We need to keep our niche lane, and that is engaging with customers day in, day out, be fast, efficient, have agility, but also connect with the customer, and uh, that's what we're doing. In fact, here's a good idea I, some, uh, my team suggested. Why not Rick, go online, post a video, and and ask the moms and dads how they're doing. They've been asking us how we're doing, all that. But really, the parents at home, this is so new to them. Many were working. Many, both parents are at home. And, yeah, it's it's going to be new and different, exciting for the first couple days, weeks. But it's going to get hard work to keep, you know, a 2-year-old and a 10-year-old and a college kid home. So we need to also emphasize. Uh, be empathetic with them, ask them how they're doing, get them to post activities that they're doing at home on your Facebook page, and let's start sharing that. I'm offering a $10 gift card every day to uh, one person or family that shares a great idea with everybody, and we want to just keep that going to play people have ideas and places where they can go and maybe get a little smile during the day. Uh, in addition, This is from my business end of it. Cash is king. So for small businesses, uh, you you need to save your cash. So that means all expenses, you need to review those. We will pay the balance of March for those vendors. And then I'm putting a hiatus starting April 1st. 
with my rent and everything else until I see what happens. I will reach out. I will talk to the landlord, obviously. I will talk to vendors. But I am conserving cash. So I wander through the next uh, 14, 15 days, whatever, but then we're going to wait and see what happens because cash is king. And then we got to see what the government is going to do, what your local towns are going to do, all of that. So that's number one. But you must reach out. I'm not saying just do this. You've got to have a plan. You've got to work with people. You've got to have relationships. But this is a good start that you reserve and, and have cash as king. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also wanted to um, just kind of expand on what you just said um, about asking the moms and dads in your communities how they're doing. Because like you said, I mean, all of this is a, a relational dynamic. And so it's all about reciprocity and we can do this all together. Um, so I think that's I think that's a really smart idea. I hadn't thought of it like that. And um, people could even you know, continue with the, the hashtag trend of together at home um, because we're all kind of in this together, sharing experience together. Um, but in your article, you stated that good things work out with information, not emotion, good decisions, and an eye to the future. So on that note, do you have any words of wisdom to share as we continue to navigate through COVID-19? Yeah, we're actually uh, posting a message. We were lucky enough to get a big, large boogie board from the Kent Display Company last year, and we love that thing. It's so amazing. So we post a positive message each day, and yesterday was keep looking up. You may miss the positivity coming, and I do believe that that happens, but, but let's not sugarcoat it. There are many small business owners that had trepidation going into this, right, how, in, in fact, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say the com- competition with online and Amazon in the end will still prove tougher than instances like this because we will get through this. We hope that everyone will come out in good shape, but the fact is some won't. So our challenge will still be how do we as independent toy stores find our lane, our niche versus online and still be relevant in our community. This latest issue has given us another opportunity to engage strongly with our customers, our kids, uh, children in the community, our schools, libraries, everything else. We need to strengthen that lane and our niche and who knows, those coming out will may even have a bigger impact on their community and survival, as well as I just have a feeling there may be a hot toy coming. I just think down the road, and when that happens, all boats rise. So I can't mm-hmm. promise. You don't know. I don't know. But at some point, something will catch on again, like Rainbow Loom of 2013. Uh, like uh, uh, Silly Bands did one year, like Fidget Spinners. Did we see that coming? No, but we acted quickly, got in, got out, mm-hmm. and it was a fun time for all of us, and boats rise when that happens. So let's keep our heads up. Let's keep sharing. Thank you, Astra, for all you do for independent stores and now maybe a lot of small businesses. 
and perhaps mm-hmm. we can check back in a week or so and see if any of these trends uh, stay where they are or they start to morph to other things. But again, it'll vary by area, Cora. Yeah, and I, I think that we would love to follow up on that. Um, but Astra is proud to represent the specialty toy industry and many small businesses, like you mentioned. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your insights, Rick. Okay, have a great day. Thank you. You too. If you want to learn more on the subject, we encourage you to listen in on our conversation circle happening at 10.30 a.m. Central on Monday, March 23rd, where Astra and industry peers will gather on an open conference call to discuss operational and tactical responses to COVID-19. The link will be included in the description of this episode. Thanks for listening. See you next time. (laughs) 